Welcome to this week's episode for A Cowboy Life, the podcast, presented by Smoothie King, blending goodness to fuel your greatness. I'm Brady Tinker. This is part two of our Charles Haley story called I'm Into Winning. Much of this interview was recorded at a live event that I did with Charles to raise money for kids with his charity called Tackle Tomorrow Today. As we resume our story from part one, Charles reached a point of no return with the 49ers. He wanted out, and the coaches and ownership were on board. But very surprisingly, the 49ers trade him to their biggest NFC rival, the up-and-coming Dallas Cowboys. George said the last straw was when I told him I wasn't going to go to London or, or Japan or wherever they was going. And um, when they got back, they told me, just go home. And then I went home, and, and um, I came back over there, and they said I was traded to the Dallas Cowboys. Charles Haley's three favorite people were gone, Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, and Ronnie Lott. And he felt like Lott and Montana had been very disrespected and he couldn't forgive the organization for doing that. So it's on to a new adventure with another great team, the Cowboys. Charles, however, hates airplanes and travel and the unknown, and yet he boards a plane to Dallas because by his own hand, he is now a Dallas Cowboy. I come on, pants stick off. Hi, I'm Jared Jones on the Dollar Cowboys. Welcome to Dallas. I'm looking and going like, who? Man, they no damn owner come meet my black ass no damn airport. Who's playing the jokes over here? What Charles didn't know about Jerry Jones was a lot. For instance, in 1965, Jerry borrowed $1 million from Jimmy Hoffa's Teamsters Union for a Shakey's Pizza business that went belly up. He then sold insurance for his father's company while getting his master's degree. He had several other businesses go under before he began the oil and gas exploration business in Arkansas. That business was successful and it allowed him to buy the Dallas Cowboys in 1989 for $140 million. A quick note, the Cowboys are now worth $5.72 billion which by any standard is a very nice ROI. Anyway, Jerry then fired the world's most popular coach and went 1-15 in his first season. But he and Jimmy Johnson turned that into 7-9 the next year and 11-5 the year after that, and everyone agreed that the Cowboys were almost back. But they needed a bit more. They needed a bit more. So Charles Haley, when you arrived at DFW that day, you were Mr. Just a Bit More. And your new team's owner was making damn sure you got off that airplane and were happily greeted by the man himself. And then he picked my luggage up, went down the baggage claim. And I'm going like, okay. Then somebody said, yeah, that is Jerry Jones. I said, okay. But then we get in the car. Do y'all know where the Marriott Hotel is right there um, from, about, the, from the airport? About three minutes. That, man, it took us 30, 45 minutes. I moved an hour to get there, dog. He told me everything he ever done in his life, man. I was like, I was like, damn, hey, I just got off the plane. I'm, I just left the team of the 80s, and I'm just sitting here going like, shit, can I get to my room, please? Obviously, Jerry Jones had not been informed yet that Charles was not very patient with guys he considers 
over talker. Man, he told me everything he ever done wrong in his life, dog. <laughs> I learned all the stories from Arkansas to the Cowboys, how much money he was losing a day. I mean, shit. And I remember the shit because you know what? You know, I was so depressed. You know, I was I was assessing, so I was remembering all this stuff. Man, I'm like, this is not information that I need that I'm gonna ever use. If you've listened to part one of Charles' story, then you already know that he likes information given to him in short, direct, and to-the-point form. Nothing superfluous, no extra. And then you also know that Jerry Jones is a living, breathing amount of extra when it comes to the gift of gab. So how'd it go when you got to Valley Ranch with the rest of the team? Only person who talked to me was equipment manager. Rest of them just walked by me and looked at me, you know, they sizing me up. You know, brother 225 pounds, you know, skinny. Charles had a bad tendency in those days to always think the worst about people that he didn't know. Like maybe, well, these guys are out to get him or something. Two days before I had a knee surgery. So I just supposed to play that first game. So I get there and I go in there. It's a 30 man jacuzzi tub. 15 of them fools standing there looking at me in the door. And they said, they're not talking about me. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United Ag and Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done, get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his un bending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him, it projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys, and Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar and a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere and a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Well, this isn't good. Those poor cowboys were about to see for themselves the stuff that they were probably talking about when they were whispering about Charles. Here it comes. I'm standing there. I'm listening to him talk about me, man. And so I took big old 12-foot door, big glass. I slammed it, but it wouldn't break shit. I tried to break that something. I tried. That thing's a... So then all of them see me then, right? So now I'm going to practice. Too bad for those guys, because this ain't going to be a walkthrough in shorts. This will be Angry Charles in Pads. 
trainers and everybody tell me that I ain't supposed to go out and all that. The players start rolling by one at a time. We're sorry, man. We didn't mean, you know, 99% of what they said was true, but that 1%, it pissed me off. So, <laughs> so I put my uniform on. You know, they go between the 50 and the 30 to stretch. I went all the way back to the end zone. And I'm sitting back there because you know what? I got to visualize what I'm going to do to that ass. And let me tell you, it won't go be nice. I told you, here it comes. I'm sitting back there and uh, Jimmy, Jimmy and them looking, going like, what the hell have we done? <laughs> They go like, hey, this is the first day to me. I know he going like, oh my God, <laughs> is this guy, I got to do this a whole year? As you know, Jimmy Johnson had a whole bunch of unusual characters already on those teams. So if anyone was equipped to handle this particular brand of talent slash crazy, it was Jimmy and Jerry. Went up to the off of the line, we were doing pass rush. I said, boom, y'all talking shit about me? I told everybody to stand back. I went up and down the line, whooped everybody ass. And when I got done, I took my helmet off, threw it that way, shoulder pads this way. So I go in, Jimmy walked behind me going, Charles! I'm walking to the shower, Jimmy said, you know you heard me. I said, hold up. I said, let's keep it like it was. You didn't talk to me the first day. Let's keep it like that. And so I went to the shower and um, took a shower and went home. Uh, I don't think the day was over. I didn't realize I supposed to stay to the meeting and stuff. He didn't tell me not to go home. There are always meetings after practice, but I'm sure Charles wanted to make the big entrance and then the big exit to let everyone think about what they had just seen since he arrived. It was probably for the best that he was gone. My question is, as mad as you were, what did you think about the Cowboys players that you eyeballed out there on that field? I opened that door and looked outside. There, hey man, there were thoroughbreds out there. Dumb as hell, but thoroughbreds. I mean, like, hey. I've never seen that much talent amassed in my life. There would never be that kind of talent in one place ever. I don't usually go in for giving you guys lists in these stories, but for those of you that are real football fans and maybe just forgot, that Cowboys team had Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, Darren Woodson, Moose Johnston, Jay Novacek, Ken Norton Jr., and more. There was no salary cap for the 92 and 93 championship teams, and Jerry and Jimmy simply had acquired the most talent the NFL had seen on one team, maybe ever. And now they had Charles Haley. That was the rocky part of our relationship, me and Jimmy. We did a lot of fighting. We had the same vision, same goal, to win. And by any means necessary. What he did, I did. Jimmy Johnson fired up his team. He prepared them, he tested them, he yelled at them, he whipped the ones who could take it, and he hugged the ones who needed it. On the defensive line, Charles Haley did the same. Well, except for the hugging part. Well, now we're like really good friends. I saw him like a few years ago, and it was a touching moment, man, where I had to apologize. It's like when I watch film and stuff, I see him doing nice things. I never saw that. I never saw that until, you know, until recently. You know, it, it was like um, deja vu. I'm going like, shit, he did like me. Shit, he said nice things about me. I'm going like, 
what was what was I thinking at that time? I, I had my own head up my own ass. A couple of things to notice here, if you will. For one, Charles said he noticed when he was watching film that Jimmy said nice things, which would indicate that he had been watching film of those teams nearly 20 years after they happened, which I think is because he's now mentally very healthy and is working to sort through some of the carnage maybe that he left while his head was, quote, up his own ass. You married Karen a year after you'd been in San Francisco. So it wasn't that much after that, that that Karen started asking you about that she thought you were bipolar or something along those lines. And, and you were having you were having none of it. You felt like you'd heard negative before and she was piling on with, with everybody else. Uh, well, uh, she told me she went to the library and, uh, and looked it up. And uh, we were great, man. We were a great team. And then all of a sudden, she wanted to start... Um, Saying that, you know, and she knew in college, they used to call me Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Everybody, you know, that's why I got a, a minor in psychiatry. So when they would send me to the damn psychiatrist, I would find out what they were talking about. I'd get in there argue. Okay, so Charles had been aware for some time that something just didn't feel right within him. But when you're in that place, you need someone who loves you to tell you what they see. And certainly as his wife, it was Karen's life too. But in full Charles Haley fashion, he had put on his armor by taking psych classes to verbally combat the naysayers, even the doctors. So, yeah, so at, that kind of threw out marriage in a tank for a while. And then we started having kids. I believe in family. And um, she, she could do anything. And I would be okay with it. And every time you wonder if Charles has the capacity to love, you find out he most definitely does, even in his worst time. I effed up. I'll give her everything again, um, cause um, I, I know me. I I didn't know me. I didn't understand who I was at that point. But now we're like best friends. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just ten bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com/cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com/cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, ten bucks. Free shipping! At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. 
Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. Karen was in the front row when Charles got put into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and the Haley's have raised four kids. Charles Jr., Madison, Princess, and Brianna, and they are all together a lot as a family. I should have had my own TV show, shouldn't I? It certainly would have been must-see TV. And speaking of must-see, let's get back to the story of you with the Cowboys and your head coach, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy only believed one thing, speed kills. And let me tell you, that clock, if you could run that speed, you were on that team. He believed that speed can overcome anything. And um, so uh, that was his philosophy. But when, when I came here, you know what? I was, um, my only goal was to prove George Seifert that it ain't easy to replace me. Because you know what? That elephant shit, I made it. I made it work. Jimmy Johnson had come to the Cowboys from the U in Miami, and he had a great handle on fast, talented college football players. And he used the Herschel Walker trade to get a whole bunch of those players in his first three years. As for Charles, he had an axe to grind, same as always. But it worked out great for the Cowboys because Charles had a singular focus aimed at his former coach, George Seifert. Now let's get to that elephant defense stuff, if you will. The elephant defense, I played outside linebacker, and then I put my hand in the ground because I played linebacker. They, he named it elephant position because I could do both. Okay. What was great about the 49ers was I could take a 300-pound nose tackle, put him out there at defensive end, and I could play. I could play in his spot on the team. I could, you know, that's the kind of respect he gave me on it. And then, and then the fool want to trade me. To be fair, if you listen to part one of Charles' story, he told you himself that he forced his way out of San Francisco by berating head coach George Seifert and by blaming Steve Young for Joe Montana leaving for Kansas City. Charles just wanted out. But once he was in Dallas, it wasn't exactly in his mind that way. Now about the elephant defensive position. It was made for you by George Seifert to take advantage of your incredible ability to play any of the front seven positions. And it worked because your intellect for football was so strong that you always lined up all over the field, and it was great, which led to Super Bowls. You're welcome, Dallas. And of those three Super Bowls that Charles played in, there was one that he particularly had a great time at. But the best part about the Super Bowl, guy was Michael Jackson was there, and um, I wore one glove because of Michael Jackson. <laughs> um, Did it have sequins? Wore, huh? Did it have any sequins on it? You got Joe? I tell <laughs> the joke up here. Okay. Y'all need to tell him we're telling the damn joke, okay? I got it. I got it. Do I need any help? Do I need any help? Go ahead. So there's a little bit to fill in here. In Charles' first year in Dallas, 1992, he and all of that mass of fast talent that Jimmy and Jerry had collected went 13-3 and in the regular season. Then they beat the Eagles in the playoffs to go to the NFC Championship game against his old team, the 49ers. You can't make this kind of stuff up. The Cowboys' offense was great that day, led by Emmett and Troy and Mike and that offensive line, and the defense led by Charles forced a couple of huge turnovers. Cowboys win 30-20, and now they are in the Super Bowl in Pasadena, California, where at halftime, the greatness of Michael Jackson is the main event. 
we we playing Buffalo. You know, that was high school team we were playing. They sucked, dog. They were not even no talent out there, bro. The Buffalo Bills were in their second consecutive Super Bowl, and they featured six men who would be in the Hall of Fame. Trust me, they didn't suck. But it was 28 to 10 at halftime. Charles was bored, and Michael Jackson was heading to the stage. I'm going like, damn, man, this is this was best y'all got. At halftime, they go in, right? I'm sitting out there, I'm waiting for Michael to go ahead and get his stage up. I'm chilling, I'm chilling. Here come Bush David running out. Charles, gotta get in here, we gotta go over things. What? I said, no, I ain't coming. I said, no, no. And then um, Wanstead came out, and he was cussing from afar. So, I, I, you know, I, I could read kind of lip. So then, you know, um, so I took a few steps, and, you know, he, he ran back in there and told Jimmy. And Jimmy come out there and said, Charles, you okay? You know what you're doing. I said, well, shit, let me tell you. I, I won't come in here no matter who came out here. I was out there moonwalking in the cleats, baby. God, man, that was the best moment. Just seeing that. That was, God, that was a great moment. Michael Jackson performing at the Super Bowl in January of 1993 was the beginning of big-time acts performing at halftime of the Super Bowl. The field was transformed into one huge stage with a magnificent light show, and Michael nearly brought Charles to tears. It was truly meaningful to him. The Bills committed nine turnovers to the fast Cowboys defense, and Dallas won its first Super Bowl since 1978. Charles Haley now had his third Super Bowl ring, and the team of the 90s had taken the NFL by storm and they weren't near done. Welcome to Dallas, Charles. You brought that winning thing. 